There we go. Good morning. I was waiting for that. Everybody doing well? Are you glad you made it to Labor Day weekend 2008? Yeah, that's right. How many of you have to work tomorrow? I'm just curious. Wow, a few of you. Man, God bless you. God bless you. Do I have another? God bless No, okay. I was just curious. How many are off tomorrow? Ah! Yeah, we're kind of excited about that. You that had to work, I hope you get compensated or you get another day off. I really do. Well, this morning, we're starting a brand new series. I'm very excited about it. It's our kind of an annual stewardship deal that I do around here that's very helpful for the body of Christ, for guests. Last year, when I was doing a stewardship thing, it was amazing. We grew all through that month. More people gave their life to Jesus, and I thought about preaching about stewardship every weekend, but I didn't. But uh, it was just an awesome time in the Lord and what He was doing in our, in our house. And I uh, pray that He'll do that again and that He'll come and do something neat. We're calling this Lost, L-O, money sign, S-T. A sudden realization. I don't know about you, but uh, it just seems like that bills always come. You ever notice that you go up to the mail and you want to get some encouragement cards? I mean, wouldn't it be awesome if your mortgage company or Alabama Power Company sent you a, a card of encouragement and just said, hey, God loves you and so do we. We're going to suspend your bill this month. Yeah, just wishful thinking. Uh, instead, you go out there and there's car payments and credit card bills and final notices and all that. But, you know, we, we tend to get lost. You know, sometimes we get on the road and we get lost. You know, now we live in a day we have GPS systems, and, and those are really helpful, except uh, sometimes you, you'll have one, they'll put in a new street or something, and they'll take you to somebody's house instead of to the place you were going there. Did you ever go camping and you got lost in the woods? Like, well, yeah, that's really a bad one. But here's my all-time favorite. You, go, you, you know, camping. You, you go to the parking deck. Like, you know, like I'm okay in Jackson Hospital and Baptist, but like when I go to Birmingham to see people at UAB, or you go to a big airport. You ever got lost in a parking lot, in a parking deck? Do I have a witness? And, and you're walking through there and you're like, was it level one? Was it level four? Was it A? Was it Z? I mean, you're just asking all these questions and you're, and you're walking around. And what I really love about today's technology is, except I drive a 96 convertible now and it doesn't have that technology. But in Donna's car, you, you get your, your, uh, your clicker out and you begin to do what? You walk through there and you're beeping it. And you're, don't act like you don't do that. I mean, I just did the other day. I was in her car and I couldn't remember. And I started doing this and the lights start flashing. But here's really the cool one. That is fun to make horns beep in that. But if you really want to freak people out, watch them. And right when they walk by, hit the trunk release. That is so cool, man. I did that the other day just to watch somebody jump, you know. And just because Donna had that on her car, I thought that was pretty cool. In my uh, convertible, it's so cool. My uh, uh, shock absorbers that hold the thing, what do you call those, Tim? Those, anyway, those thrust deals, whatever they are. They're supposed to, ho they're supposed to hold the, the trunk lid up. If you let go of mine, it'll decapitate your head. And, and I'm, isn't that right, Jason McKinney? You've seen it, so I have to stick my head up under to hold it under. Anyway, it's just, just kind of a thought. But sometimes, you know, getting lost is just it. And us men, we, we get lost all the time, but we just don't want to tell anybody. Especially a F-E-M-A-L-E. -E. You don't want to tell your female friend or your wife, well, it better be your wife if you're married, you don't want to tell anybody that you're lost. And sometimes you just have to humble yourself. You go, I have no clue. And they all usually say, we already knew that. And everybody was just waiting for you to, to kind of get in. Well, sometimes we zip along with confidence, and sometimes then we realize that, hey, we really are lost. And, uh, and then I think about sometimes we have a, a bad map. I mean, I've gotten maps to go to places, and sometimes they, they leave out like a, a turn 
or a monument or something and you miss it. Sometimes you get a good map, but and I get those sometimes, and you inadvertently miss the turn. Has that ever happened to anybody and you have to go down and turn around? Don't be looking at me like, yeah, man, we just, we always get right where we're going. I don't. I don't have a clue. I'm clueless when it comes to maps. And then the third one is you just get distracted. Like, you know, who's that? <laughs> or, or you're looking around. Anyway, this lost thing, we get we get lost in life. And what I want to propose over, over this four-week series that I'll be teaching is that we get lost financially. I think in today's economy, in today's world, more people are lost now than ever before. And as, as I wrote this out, look at the message principle. Here it is. Andy Stanley, look what he says here. Self-assurance and confidence are no insurance against getting lost in life. Well, I'm assured, I'm confident, I'm sincerely confident, and you're sincerely lost. I mean, you know, you, you can be sincere, you can have all the confidence in the world, and you know, some people just drive like they're, you know, they're, they just, you get in a car with them like, you're lost, aren't you? I mean, you have no clue. But then sometimes we, we try to fake it, and then always, so we, we get off track. And that's what I want to talk about. Sometimes we get off track, and we get off track financially. And God has an awful lot to say about us getting off track with Him financially and what it means to get back with Him. But some people get lost in the arena of life morally. I want to talk to the young people, to the old alike. Maybe when you were in high school or, or whatever, now you're in college or maybe you're a young adult, and you go, I would never do this. I would never date somebody like this. My morals, my standards are this. And somehow you compromise. You get off track. And then you end up, Six months, six years down the road, and you're like, how did I get here? Maybe professionally. You studied in high school. You went to college. You got the degree of the one that you, this is what you wanted to do with your life. This is what you, if you're a Christian, maybe you prayed about it, and you said, this is what God wants me to do. And you wake up 12 years later, and you're somehow lost. You're like, this is not what I thought I would be doing in my life. So this whole series will speak to different parts. But there's a big difference between getting lost and being lost. Now, we can get lost with the help of others and on our own. But sometimes we just need to stop and go, God, am I lost? And in this series, my hope is that some people will realize they are financially lost and they begin to get God's plan. And I, I can be ever so honest, and we have guests, so I'm hesitant to say a lot about it. But I'm going to tell you, financially, we are having challenges. Spiritually, numerically, last weekend, the God-sized response more of you responding to small groups than ever. We're starting to get it to get in the biblical community. But I know this. Financially, many of our congregation are lost. It just reflects in dollars. And, and, you're, and, and I talk to a lot of you. You go, man, in my own economy, in my own budget, man, things are rough. And I talk to business people. And they're going, man, my business is down 10, 20, 30, 40%. We're lost. We're lost. So I'm hoping we can get some answers. Now, fill this in with me here. We can get lost spiritually. Fill the first blank in. Sometimes we get lost spiritually. You know what it is to know spiritual people, and I could quote some names, but I won't. We get lost emotionally. That's a tough place to be. We get lost relationally, and we get lost financially. Now, I'm going to try to focus primarily on financial lostness, but it can apply to different areas because there's, there's distinctions here. But here's what I think God wants to do. He wants us to pursue Him with all our heart. He wants to pursue His joy for our lives. There's something about a joy-filled believer in Jesus Christ. Would you agree with me? There's just something about the joy of the Lord is our strength. And even though the markets are up, gas prices are up, stocks are down, or whatever it is, you know, mortgage rates are here, companies, organizations are going bankrupt, they're going out. Man, your house value is dropping. Just thank God we don't live in other parts of the country right now. And you're like, man, the world is just kind of chaotic. It is. But God is still in charge of his world. And here's what I want to say to us. God wants to get you and I on the right 
path. And it's filled with God's word to God's people on a given day. God wants to speak to us. He wants to, he wants to talk to us about personal finances. So in this series, some of you are going to push back some. You're going to get uncomfortable. But I told you this. Well, I didn't tell you. Some of you weren't here then. But 12 years ago, when Don and I started out to launch this church, I committed myself to preaching the entire full counsel of God's word. Whether it be hard or whether it be a joy-filled message, we would get God's counsel for our lives. And the church said... Because the journey starts with self-assurance, with confidence. At least we think so. But I, I read this. I thought it was interesting. 50% of Americans are lost in terms of finances. I would say in our room today, in the living room, in this service and the next service, if people were truly honest, they would go, we're lost. Maybe we're lost spiritually. And I pray you'd come to the Savior. Maybe you say, I'm lost financially. Let's look at some things. Here it is. Because it's not about how much money we make. It's not, I'm, I'm just not sure where I am. I have no plan. Um, that's what Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, that's what Crown Ministry is all about, getting you to get a map, getting you to get a plan so you can get in. But listen to these. If you spend more than you make and not know it, you're lost. If you don't care if you spend more in a year than you make, you're financially lost. If you owe more on your car than it's worth, you are... You said that with confidence... If you're paying the minimum payment on your credit card and that is a way of life for you, you are, you're getting it now. If you only save money that's taken out of your check, you're probably, if you don't know how much you owe or what you owe, you are, if you have no way of tracking the money you spend, you are, you have no financial dream, no plan how to get to arrive at the dreams, you are lost. Then you turn 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. For me, I'll turn 50 in January. There's something about this part of my life. I'm looking forward and I'm realizing I've lived more of my life in the past than I will probably live in the future. And you begin to reassess and you do things and, and you go, God, i got to get a plan. Well, honestly, we started a plan 26, 27, 28 years ago. We're trying to work a plan. But I meet people all the time. They're like, we have no plan. So I hope you'll get a plan. And here's one. You make decisions your spouse knows nothing about. You're doubly lost. That was humor. Okay, anyway. Because the bottom line is you just don't want to hide from your spouse. And that, boy, we're slow today. Okay. But uh, so where does all this pressure come from? Some people say, man, this is artificial. Well, it is. We bring it on ourselves because we determine in the Western world the type of lifestyle we will lead and live out before people. So I think this right here just serves that God wants to get us back on financial track with His Word and say that, you know, God, I'm in trouble. And, and that's a great place to go. God, I'm financially lost. The pastor has convinced me this morning I'm lost. I realize it. God, fix me. God, handle it. God, deliver me. God, could we celebrate Jubilee again? And God says no. You have to look that up in the Old Testament. It's a great concept. We don't do that, though. But I believe the timing of this series is critical because of where we are as a nation. I think we need to know what God says, that He speaks directly to us all through the Proverbs, all through the New Testament, through Old Testament characters. God speaks about our finances. And maybe it's a, a, about where we are in our lives, our home, our marriages, wherever. But God wants to speak. But here's what I want to say. I'm fixing to say something that's going to upset some people. I'm just going to go ahead and warn you. And your tendency is going to be to push back from what I say. I'm going to say something in just a moment. There's some of you are going to go home. You're going to talk about me at lunch. It won't be the first time. <laughs> My wife said, that's true. Hey, that's just the job of being a pastor. You're a preacher. 
Man, some days you're in the penthouse and some days you're in the outhouse, baby. It's just like being a college coach, you know. Some days you can do no wrong and other days you can't do anything right. So, you know, you just take it with the territory. But don't push back. If this seems offensive to you, just today, on the on honor of Labor Day, be nice to me. Tomorrow, reconsider what I'm fixing to say. But talk to the Father about it. And see if he begins to say, now you're saying, my goodness, you set that up, man. What are you fixing to say? Are you fixing to call? Just hold on. How many of you want to know what I'm fixing to say? Well, it don't matter if you want to hear or not. I'm fixing to tell you. Here we go. I just thought I'd give you the opportunity. Here it is. Fill it in. We cannot be wholeheartedly a follower of Jesus and stay lost financially. See, Adam, I didn't even plan this. Holy Spirit orchestrated that last song that Adam did. As we talked about, Lord, I'm surrendered, I abandon all. And boy, I heard, man, y'all were singing with great fervor. But you know what? The truth is, we don't abandon all. We don't surrender all. We like to sing that song, surrender all. But God wants to talk to us about financially, that we surrender to Jesus. Because if completely, because if, if we stay lost financially, we don't have that total sell out to Christ that God wants. And we say, well, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I hate my neighbor. We don't love him as much as we think we do. Look at Matthew 6, 21, right in the middle of your worship guide. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. One translation says, there will be your heart and also your thoughts. In, in the Hebrew, when they talk about the heart, the heart is the core, is the center of our being. So in the center of our heart and our mind and our thoughts, that's where our treasure will be. Jesus addresses this. He knows that we have emotions with this, and we're going to follow that. And, and Jesus, you know, he talks about heaven and hell and relationships, but he talks more about money than he does all that combined. He's very serious about the, the financial issues, stewardship of our life, because he knows if we don't get these right, he doesn't really have our heart. Not completely. In, in that other song, it was so neat how God did this. You've stolen my... That's what God wants. See, this morning... It sounds like I'm making a plea for money. I'm making a plea that you would give your heart completely to Jesus. And in that, your treasures will follow that, and you will be blessed incredibly for it. But if, if you're like, well, I'm not giving Christ that, then you have to respond to that. You have to answer that. I just know that the blessing comes when we follow Him. Because, see, I know we're emotional about giving. If, if, if we invest in a car, we watch that car. You ever got a new car or a new car for you, and you park it where? at the end of the row. You're very careful because you're paying hard-earned money. I remember one time we got a car and, and Donna drove over to Target, Target, okay? And it's a designer store. And, uh, and she was over there. And she came home and there was these two dents in it. And she's a great driver. I, I couldn't figure it out. These, these two nice dents. I said, what in the world is that? She goes, you're not going to believe it. I said, well, try me. She goes, a shopping buggy came out of nowhere. And hit her car. And, and you know, and I, I've always thought, man, ain't that crazy? So when we go to parking lots, we're kind of funny. If we see shopping buggies, we'll usually go over and push them so they don't hit people's car. The other day, I'm down here at Costco. And, uh, and I look up, and this has never happened to me. Here comes a buggy flying right at me and nails me right in the front. In that priceless convertible that I tell you all about that I sunk a few weeks ago, and we've got it back, thank you, Tim, and it's back running, you know, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. But, you know, these, these things come at us. But where our treasure is, we... But so you say, well, man, this is an indictment. Well, I want you to just hear the truth of it. God, speak to our hearts. Luke 6, 16, 13, listen to the Scripture. No servant can serve two masters. 
Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. We have to make a choice. I mean, following Jesus is all about choices. I choose to follow Christ. I choose to die to myself and lift up Christ. I choose that I decrease and He increases. John 3.30. All those things. Christ, you become more in my life. Jesus, I follow you. That's why I use the term around here all the time, Christ follower. I like the word Christian, but Christian doesn't have a good connotation like it did 20, 30 years ago because everybody says, I'm a Christian. Or they don't live like it. But when you say, I'm a Christ follower, it implies that I follow after someone and His name is Jesus Christ. Christ follower. I, we're on the Facebook today. We, we've gotten hooked. I've, I've got an old friend here today. She's young, but uh, you know I'm old. And uh, she's been in our youth group. And, and Kelly's here, her and Mark today. And, and so we've been catching up on Facebook. And it's just kind of a, a, a fun thing here. As I look at this, I'm like, God, you, you want to speak to our hearts here, God. What, what do we love? I want you to look right here in the box. Will you, will you write this for me? We're going to do a little uh, drawing. This is where I wish I had a dry erase board up here right now. And, and you're probably glad I don't. The staff, I know, is glad I don't. I love to write. It's the way my mind thinks. But put it up here on the screen. There it is. And be glad that's there. It's much neater than I would have written. Although mine would have looked okay. The heart and the money are linked. Just go ahead and draw that in there. And if, and if you're not an artist, just write the word heart and money, okay? But our hearts and our money are linked together. It is a principle of the kingdom of God. And so when we look at that, where our, what, what does the scripture say? What does it say here? For where your treasure is, there will be your... See, they coexist. We'll go, well, that's, that's not really where my heart is. Yeah, it is. If that's the most important thing there, you will labor, you will be intense, you will put your energy, you will put your devotions, you will put your worries, you will even throw some prayers that way. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's amazing. So things compete for our heart. Back to the song. Yes, you have. You've stolen my heart. This morning, that's what I'm praying. Jesus, just steal our hearts. Steal our hearts and seal our hearts with your love. Because Jesus, if you really capture my heart and my mind and you capture the hearts of the people in here, then God, we're going to be a new church. And when you get our attention Something's going to happen because stewardship is always a tough issue. People don't like to talk about money. A lot of pastors don't preach about money. The first several years of the church, I didn't talk about money. Several reasons I didn't talk about money. We had so much money coming in the first several years of the church, it, it just blew my mind, and I, I didn't talk about it. But then God began to say to you, to me, you've got to teach the full counsel of God. You've got to begin to address the issues of money. It's a hard issue. Now begin to speak about money. And I realized I can speak about money, and now I don't even blush about it. I mean, when I used to talk about sex to teenagers, I mean, when I first started doing that, I thought, I can't talk about sex. Well, if somebody needed to talk about sex other than the TV, hello? So I need to talk about money from this platform from a spiritual uh, vantage point. Would you agree, church? I mean, you can watch uh, uh, all the people on TV, and you can read the magazines, and, and a lot of it's truth, and, and you can get it. But you really need to say, God, what's your eternal perspective? So that's why I'm trying to do what I do is I'm trying to say, God, speak to us. Give us the spiritual discipline. You see, we like the spiritual discipline of reading the Bible. We like the spiritual discipline of praying. We might even like the spiritual discipline of attending church on a faithful basis. We like the spiritual discipline in this church of being in small groups. Thank you, God. But do we like the spiritual discipline of finances and money and putting Christ first there? And some of you are like, well... I, I wish God wouldn't have put that in the Scripture. Well, you can wish that all day long, but He did. I mean, you know, I'm not going to get you to raise your hands. How many of you wish there was no issues? No, God never dealt with money. He just said, do with it what you want. 
And somebody's like, yeah, where's that Bible? I'll go to that church. No, that would not be the Word of God. And yet God knows that it's going to control us. And so here's what I'm hoping. That by the Spirit of the living Christ, we will get the heart to be a giver. The heart to be a giver. Ron Blue, a great financial Christian leader, says, getting into debt is easy as getting down an ice-covered mountain. You just slide. Have you ever been on an ice-covered mountain? Have you ever been out in the sleet or the snow? And where do you find yourself on the pavement? And you find yourself drifting ever quickly? Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7 has a word for us. The rich rule over the poor, and the bar is the servant to the lender. See, God doesn't forbid us to have debt. Some people want to teach that. I don't think the Scripture teaches that. But to not let it control us. Don't let it get out of hand. Can I just tell you, we took out a loan on this building you're sitting in. We saved several hundred thousand dollars to buy land as a new congregation. After two and a half years, God allowed us to move into this facility. I want to give praise to Jesus. We've been very aggressive. In 2013, our entire campus will be paid off. Hallelujah. But let me tell you, it's going to take us giving. And right now, it's very, very difficult because giving has just dropped off the page. So I'm going to say, man, God has given us the resources. He's given us the heart. We just say, God, I want to do it. But debt feels like the heaviest burden in life, doesn't it? If you have a debt load that's too heavy, then my goal for you is get out of debt. Begin to work toward that. See, uh, get in our Financial Peace University. See Jay Osterman in this room. He has um, amazing wisdom on this subject. Begin to consult with the Father and say, God, I want to commit to you. I want to read. God, I want you to show me what you want to do. In the New Testament, you know, there's so many scriptures, but let me move on to this. Keep, I think God talks to us about money because God knows that money will get us if we don't handle it right. He knows it will get our hearts. God knows that if we don't get the right perspective of money, it will tangle us in a web. And that web will eventually lead to debt. And that debt will lead to bondage. And that bondage will lead to brokenness. And brokenness will eventually lead to bank rupsy and collapse. And God wants us to be good stewards of what He's given to us. I, I like what Ecclesiastes 5.11 says. The more you have, the more you spend. Have you ever noticed that? You know, Don and I, we've been married 29 years. And we started out with a little 800 square foot, one bedroom apartment. No pictures on the wall except one that somebody gave us. And a picnic table. And one, and one of the bench, you remember this, Kathy? The one bench had the TV and the stereo. And the other bench, we would sit down and we would look at each other and have dinner. That's where we started. I mean, it was amazing. And, and I remember my salary. It, it was just huge. You know, whatever. And I was finishing undergrad at night. And I was working all day and Donna was working. And that's how we started. And, and over the years, we just said, God, we want to be faithful to you. And we've been faithful to Christ. And I'll have to say, God, I'll give you the glory. But let me tell you, we don't live in a little 800 square foot apartment anymore. We don't just have a little picnic table anymore either. We got a lot of stuff. And so many of you do too. So here's the principle I've learned. The more we earn, the more we, the more we, how about the more we give? See, so many of you, some of you have just figured this out and you're walking in faith. You're walking in righteousness and God's blessing that obedience. And let me just tell you, this is not a word of condemnation. It's a word of challenge, a word of conviction. Some of you have withheld the tithe. You've, you've withheld the offering. And you've said, see, you've said, I trust myself. I tell you. It's never smart to trust yourself, but today in this economy, it's really dumb to trust yourself. Hello? 
We need to trust in Christ and His riches. Listen to 1 Chronicles 29, 11, a great verse. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. That's what Scripture says. That is God's rightful place in the heavens, is that we declare His glory and we say, God, everything is yours. A lot of times we want to upgrade and upsize and we want to divorce our devotion and our heart from God and we want to do it. But it's impossible to be a fully devoted follower of Christ and be financially lost. I'm just trying to paint some scenarios today that maybe some people would get in and say, you know what, I don't want to stay lost financially. I want Jesus Christ to invade my life. Yes, I want Him to invade my pocketbook. Now that's a big prayer. Lord Jesus, would you come and invade my wallet? God, would you come and invade my ATM machine? God, would you come and invade? How many are willing to pray that kind of prayer? Like, man, that's a, man, man, you're getting personal, preacher. You just better go back to some of that love, the love of God. Well, we can talk about the love of God, but if I don't tell you about this, and this is no prosperity teaching, this is just a simple, pure gospel to say, Christ, I surrender to you. You're the priority, Lord Jesus. I surrender to you. I surrender all to the Savior. And when we sing that song, we go, Lord, I abandon all. We really mean it. Lord, I abandon my hopes and my dreams and my wishes, and I surrender my car, and I surrender my athletic ability, and I surrender my mind, and I surrender my wife and my kids, and God, I'll even give you my dog. But see, here's what we do. We get broke. We get busted. We're going down, and we go to God. God, I give it to you. You ain't got nothing to give him but he'll still take it. Wherever you are, if you've got little or you got a lot, will you surrender it to Christ this morning? Is that, a, is that a challenge for our church today? That's huge. Y'all, if we get in on this principle right here, I don't know what will happen. I mean, I'm still looking forward to the day that there's so much flowing in your lives and in the kingdom of God, and our church gets so generous because we figure it out, because we go, God, it's not about our money, it's about our heart. God, capture my heart. God, get our hearts today, oh God. Experience the faithfulness of Him in a tangible way. Proverbs 21.20 In the house of the wise are, there's, are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. So here's the principle. In the house of the wise, there's extra. There's extra in the wise house. And in the wise house, they can share with those in need because they've chosen to be wise. Do you have much in your house? You say, well, maybe so. No, I don't have any. Maybe it's because you've not been faithful to the little Christ has given you. To whom much is given, much is required. I really believe that. If we're not faithful in the little, then why is Christ going to trust us with much? And here's the thought. Write it down. Experience the joy of margin. God, I want to have margin in my life. And you can't maybe just start out with margin, but you begin to work there. But if you live on credit all the time and you never want to begin to pay past the minimum and you want to continue to do it your way and, and delayed gratification is not your way, you're like, I want it and I want it now, there's no margin. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm talking to business people in our church, I'm talking to business people in our community, and, and I'm watching havoc in America just like you are, and we're trying to look to the election process, and we're hoping they're going to figure it all out. But let me tell you, folks, this is a lot better, bigger than putting a man or a woman or somebody in the White House. This is about the house of God getting their affairs in order, and the church said... Do you know right now there are churches that are folding? Do you know the other day we just got word of a church that has enormous debt, and their debt is just growing all the time? And let me tell you, right now, financially, we're having some challenges. And you're saying, well, you shouldn't say those kind of things. Why not? I want to be real. How many of you want me to fake it? 
I'm not going to fake it. I want to be real. And I want to say, God, I want to put you first. See, the marketing goal is for us to be discontent. And that's what drives lostness, being discontent. You see, you go into somebody's house and they've got crown molding two foot. And you've got crown molding an eighth of an inch. You know what I'm talking about? Or somebody rides up in a new car. And your car just barely made it there. And you're going, man, I'd look good in that car. Why has that bum got it? And then I've even played this card. I tithe. I wonder if they do. I mean, you know, you start playing, you know, that's not the right attitude. But see, we, we don't, we need the content button. And I left it in my office. I forgot to bring it out here. I got this little button. It's from a game. And if I had a button up here, and I came out here and I go, I want everybody to walk down here and I want you to press the button. And when you press the button, contentment will fall all over your life. How many of you would grab your wife by the hand and go, let's run, baby, quick, push it. How many of you would run down here and grab it? Hello, would you not, John, would you run down here and push the content button? Tina, would you push it? You let him, oh, she let him do it. She's an accountant. Okay, whatever. But, you know, we want contentment, don't we? But, see, marketing drives us. You need it. You need it. You need it. Hey, I mean, there's a lot of things that I, I don't need. I want. You want. But God wants us to be content in His riches, in, in His glory, in His honor, and worship Him and bless Him and praise Him. I, I just get passionate about this. But, God, you want to teach us about contentment this morning. Uh, contentment. Uh, write these thoughts down. It must be learned. I think contentment needs to be learned, and God can teach us contentment through His Holy Scripture. Contentment is never dependent upon circumstances. Contentment is a state of our spiritual life in relationship with Christ. Contentment is dependent on Jesus. It's not dependent on the things of this world, whether I get the raise, I don't get the raise. And I read this statement. One of the greatest mysteries of Christianity is contentment. It really is a mystery. And yet Christ promises. In Luke 12, 15 says, uh, don't always be wishing for what you don't have. For real life and real living are not related to how rich we are. So money comes in, money goes out. Do you feel like that when you get paid? Man, we got money! Gee, we ain't got squat. I mean, how many of you, you just got paid? Maybe you're in sales and maybe, maybe you got a little jingle in your pocket and you've been maybe a few months without it and you're thinking, yes! And within a day, two days, a week, ten days, you're looking in your wallet. And your wallet looking kind of sad, ain't it? You can't even buy a Happy Meal. I mean, it's like, man, this is bad. The dog won't even speak to you because you ain't fed the dog in a week, you know? It ain't that bad, is it? And you're just like, man, what is it? Get a plan. Begin to work a plan with Christ and His Word. And we've got people here that can help you do that. But, you know, it just you know, the opposite of loss is knowing exactly where we are. The opposite of lostness is knowing where you are. So I just encourage you a quick, simple exercise. Fill out a ledger sheet. Put it on the computer. Just begin to say, here's where the money goes. I, I read a, I was listening to Andy Stanley on the thing. I love what he said. He says, when me and my wife got married, because like when me and Donna got married, I had a budget in my back pocket, and I figured it out, and we lived on it. We were pretty close. And to this day, we still do budgets. Or I do budgets, and she, she's great with it. But, you know, I, I just I like them. I know it's kind of my sickness. I go to counseling every other Tuesday. But, but no, it's really a good thing. It, it's worked for us. But then I like what Andy said. Andy says, man, we have a clue about building a budget. He said, the counselor says, hey, why don't y'all get a budget? He said, a budget? 
man, I don't know what I'm going to make. I don't know what she makes. I don't think so. So here's what he did. I thought this was pretty wise. And this is for somebody who wants to get married or somebody that is married. He said, for three months, every receipt we had, every dollar we spent, you had to bring the receipt home and drop it in an envelope. For three months, 90 days. He said, at the end of 90 days, we pull, poured out the envelope and we saw all the receipts. It wasn't what we hoped to spend. It wasn't what we wish we could spend. It's what we spent. And he said, off of that, we built a budget. We also saw where we needed to maybe cut things or, or, you know, or maybe elevate things. And then you can see you're giving to Christ and to his church. You can see how much you spend on shoes, how much you spend on lipstick, on drinks, on Starbucks, on, on life, on eating out, on fuel or whatever you, and you know, I just, to me, this is simple, but I talk to people all the time. They're like, I don't get it. I spend it and I don't have a clue. I'm going to tell you, man, we had a college student come to my office about a month ago and I talked to him about the 10, 10, 80. I said, tithe 10, save 10, live on 80. We worked a budget for an hour. He left my house liberated for Jesus. It was awesome. I felt like, man, this is the best day I've had. And this was like six o'clock one Sunday night. I thought, man, this bro gets it. I wish we would all could tap into those principles and, and some of us will and some of us won't, but a sudden realization, are you financially lost? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for truth because truth just uh, speaks to our life and truth is your way of the kingdom. And Lord, I pray that today, I know conviction is here, but I pray that we would surrender our hearts to Jesus. I pray we would even surrender our finances, Lord God. Lord, I know that this morning salvation is available. It's in the house. It's not about joining a church, but it's about trusting in a mighty Savior that loves us and shed His blood. So, Lord, I pray that today the ultimate joy of having our sins forgiven could be experienced by somebody new today. Lord, would you move on hearts? Would you invade hearts today? Would you invade pocketbooks? But, God, invade us. Do a move on us, Lord. You've taken the initiative in your Son. May we respond to His incredible love. Right now, I just invite you, if you're thinking, you know what, I think I need to surrender. I think I need to give my heart to the Savior. I think I need to surrender to my finances. With heads bowed, I just invite you just to raise your hand up. If you just sense God speaking to you, would you raise your hands high? Raise them all across the living room. You just need to surrender. Come on, church. Just I need, I need to surrender my heart. I need to surrender my finances. I, I, it's a point of contact with Him today. I know God's speaking to people right now. And I hope we'll take the courage to follow up on this message and go, God, I want to follow your ways. Lord, forgive us, save us, cleanse us, and change us by the blood of Christ. Lord, you're awesome. Thank you for your presence here today, God. I pray right now that some of you would just get up and walk over to the cross, to my left, to your right, over at the cross, walk across the room. You'll find an elder or you'll find a couple of elders over there, and they're just there to pray for you. Maybe to nail down a commitment that you made to Jesus Christ as the Savior and Lord of your life. Maybe to get a financial plan. Maybe you realized this morning that you were financially lost. Could I just encourage you just quietly get up from your seat, walk across the room, and receive prayer and encouragement for your decision. That's what the faith family does. We stand together that we can be all we can be by the grace of Christ. God, thank you for your love this morning. Thank you for your teaching. Lord, find us obedient and give us the joy of our salvation. And God, I pray that we would put you first in all things. Yes, Lord, even in our finances. Teach us individually and teach us as a body of believers, as a corporate church. Teach us what it means 
to exalt Jesus Christ in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. May that be our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. And this is the last 945 service that I'll preach until we change it again, which I hope will be a long time. You know, I always give myself an out. Anyway, I'm looking forward to next weekend. I think Jason's going to come talk to us. And, uh, man, listen to him. And, hey, come back next weekend. Hey, have a great afternoon and a great day tomorrow. Next Sunday morning, I'll see you at 9.15. Amen. Have a great day. All right. I'm used to, at this point in the service, asking the ushers to come forward, but we've kind of bumped that up. But I guess after that, we could go ahead and do it again, right? So, Anyway, so I'm a little confused as well. i uh, got a few announcements. We're, uh, uh, I feel like the talking head up here, but we're going to f- finish a few announcements and then be dismissed. Uh, first announcement is going to be that we have Connecting Point this Wednesday night at 545. If, you have, uh, or if you're visiting, visiting today and you're wondering what Connecting Point is, it's simply just a time. Uh, that we come together on a Wednesday evening for worship, just for fellowship, for food, uh, for fun. Uh, so if you have not signed up for that event and you'd like to attend, you can do that on the web. Uh, you can do that on the website and just register in events. Or you can also do on your connecting card, which is in your worship guide. So if you'd like to t- uh, attend that event, please uh, fill out your connecting card or register on the web. Students, uh, I forgot to announce this to you guys last week, but if you plan on attending Connecting Point, please register as well, just so we can get a count. Um, if you're included with your family, that's great. But if you're not, please go ahead and register on your own. The other thing is Pastor Keith has mentioned that the service times will be changing next week. That's 9.15. I had to write it too. 9.15 and 10.45. So if you get confused on that, just show up between 9 and 12 sometime and you'll be here. But 9.15 and 10.45. 9.15 and 10.45. We're still going to get messed up because I'm still having to write these things down. 9.15 and 10.45. So we hope to see you here next weekend. Last but not least... Uh, the men will be having a men's rally September 9th. They'll be here in the living room at 7 o'clock. So that's in two weeks. All right, if you could please stand. We're going to do a little exercise. And when I say dismiss, we're going to head for the back doors. Dismiss. Have a great Labor Day.